podcast i don't know i felt like that was a weird intro i don't know where i was going for with that i'm here ladies and gentlemen we are here in a little bit of a relocated studio a different location we are in the um where we got all the nice studio gear right here to our left it's a little bit of a different context we have the nice premium audio setup over here to our left we got the nice monitors we're in the studio guys we're in the official wave studio so yeah, that's where we're recording today. The, the audio quality is not going to change much. Obviously, we're using the same gear. It still sounds crispy like it does every single episode. Am I right? <laughs> I got my co-host with me, ladies and gentlemen. As always, it is an honor. How are you doing today, Mr. Roberto Carlos Paredes? Hey, Samuel. This is very nice studio. This is studio what? This is the original? Or what, no. what number is this one? We record on a week-to-week basis uh, due to uh, location uh at the original location of the wave studio this is classified as you can see right there it'll always just be labeled the wave studio that's oh, okay. it okay web studio that's, that's it. it that's it, it well, wherever okay. i am uh-huh. it's my studio so you know that's <laughs> i make anywhere my studio wherever i take that little sign for those of you guys listening you guys can't see what we see but yes we are here in my personal studio where i craft music mix and master work on different things different projects as an audio engineer you got to have a workshop so yeah i'm running a couple different things here got some sound treatment located in a location that even i don't even think my engineer friend here could tell where my sound treatment is so yeah that's how we rock it here got the booth right here to my left but anyways enough about the gear talk how are you doing this week man very good very good bless pretty much uh I guess uh, most of uh, the parents are dealing now with kids back to school. Oh, none of these people on this pod. I mean, there might be some parents listening. Sorry, sorry. But yes, it is back to school season. You're over there coming at it from the the parents. But what about the students, man? What about the students back to school? You're right. It is back to school. And it's, you know, I. We're not back to school, though. We're not. We're not. (laughs) But I, I I, I just to remember that, you know, those three weeks, you have to go what the what the uh, open house. You're you talking to, about it. What about when you were a student, man? Oh, it was totally different. I mean, you know, that's back in El Salvador. It was a different vibe, like you different say. Different vibe, <laughs> hilarious. It Talk was good. That. You know, it it was good because uh, you had a chance to really kind of like uh, new uh, make new friends. And then the old ones, kind of like you know, you don't really hang around because sometimes you live far away. But uh, it was good. It was good. We started um, the school year, started pretty much in February, and it ran all over to um, at the end of September, beginning of October. So you will have a November, December, and January as, as like a vacation. That's weird. Yeah. And Typically the, for us growing up, vacation different. was during the summer. Yeah, yeah. You're done with school in March, or like not March, sorry. Like kind of like June. middle of June. Yeah, June. June. Yeah, And you run vacation mm. all the way through August. Some of the best moments, and I'm sure our listeners' lives as well. Summers. Summers are the best. You didn't have summers growing up then? Well, down Or like there, summer break? No, well, down, down there is different because right now it's a rainy season. You know, 
it rains a lot. So our summer starts in October. Wow. October, November, December. That's what happens when you flip south of the equator, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Things yes, start yes. getting funky. Yeah, so it's totally different. The summer that we have is different. It's, you know, it's a windy, uh, nice uh, afternoons. That's I, not summer. I used to, well, well for us down <laughs> there it was. Uh, October, we used to go and, and comprar las piscuchas, the kites. Kites. That was one of my favorite Dang. things that you're, I used to do. You're dating yourself, buddy. We don't need to know that you were born in the 60s. <laughs> or the 70s you just gave yourself away kites well, yeah i never ran a kite i mean i ran kites because i have an old dad who made me build kites but other than that this kites aren't a, a thing that kids do these days no to be honest. i know yeah. i know the, the other you know what it was funny because the other kids. day i the other day i i took um theodore to uh the bachelor down there by uh, what they, you know, those buildings. Yeah, like where Google and yeah. stuff like that. And th- uh, this guy was, had a big a big kite because it was windy. And I sat down and I was looking at him kind of like, you know, doing all the, you know, nice tricks. So I was kind of like a little He was kid. good? Oh, no. Was so in your opinion, as a kite expert, what would you rate his abilities in kites? Well, I mean, it, because it was kind of like different because the way we used to, you know, fly the kite, we used to have what they call an el enrollador. Uh-huh. It was like a, like a box of wood. And then you put a, a una varilla, like, a, you know, something like this. You know, you can see me. And then you move it. Something like this. For those of you guys, he's, I think he's trying to describe like a box. It seems like a cardboard box with like a hole made on each side of the box. And you, I guess they shove like a stick in the middle of this box. It's a box. metal stick. Okay. Okay, in the middle. So it, it, it moves. So that way, you know, because those, those guys, those piscuchas, it can go like, you know, win like... You know, like two miles, you know, three miles. Away from you? Yeah, away from you. How long is the string? Where do you get a string that's you, you, miles you, you long? Used to buy, you used to buy, uh, uh, buy it at the uh, hardware store. That's miles long? Yeah, it's a big thing. You know, they used to call nylon. And, uh, and then you buy it at the hardware store and you put it in your enrollador and then you go with, you know, with your kai and then it flies like, whoo. I mean, Dang. even to the point like you will see your 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 guy like this. Wow! Yeah, it, it was so fun. I mean, that's it, crazy. I used to spend hours in the top of my roof of my house flying kites. Flying kites. I used to love that, man. But what is the point of flying a kite? I was. Uh, What's the satisfaction? I don't. I don't get the enjoyment. Explain. I know. I mean, I mean, probably you're not gonna understand <laughs> it, but for for me, it was kind of like you know having the big you no know, kai and then. Let him fly, let him go away, and just have it like like this, and then bring it back and moving back. It was kind of like a personal enjoyment, you know. You felt like you were an astronaut or something. And and you know <laughs> the, you know what was the fun part? It was this. Look at. So let's say your neighbors. Look at we're on a podcast. No one can look at it. No, I know. Hear but, this, <laughs> but but listen, look at. So you got your neighbor, okay? Then your neighbor, you know, he used to kind of also you know fly a kite. So we used to have what they call, you know, fight with the kites. You know, uh, echábamos coca. That's the way, the term we used to say. <laughs> echaban coca. Echaban Whoa. coca, yeah. Si los colombianos por aquí, they're going to be like, what's going on with no, that no. one? <laughs> so you will have the two kites kind of like, you know, fighting in the sky. Yeah. That was kind of like the trick. Hmm. So that's what's kind of, you know, the fun part. That's crazy. And, you know, sometimes you get mad with your neighbor. <laughs> that's It's funny how you're talking about the enjoyment of 
you know, what kids used to do back then. Nowadays, you're talking about anger, bro. You have kids playing Fortnite or playing like Call of Duty. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I grew up in a generation where I p- grew up mm-hmm. playing video games to have fun. Like you're over there talking about kites and eh, uh, eh, trompos. You're talking about like, eh, eh, I don't eh, even eh, know. Joyos. Uh, uh, we used to uh, play canicas. That's that's what that's what we like to call analog hardware. That's some <laughs> some old stuff. It right was no there, good, man. no electronics. So yeah, you're talking about an era where there was none of that, and yet you know you'd be over there trying to get things. Nowadays, I mean, I grew up playing things like Call of Duty, playing like you know shooting gun games with my friends and stuff like that. And man, I'd get mad if like someone like online because then the world opened up to games online you play those types of games with your friends Mm -hmm. and you're you know you got your headset on so you're talking to people and you're controlling these characters and you know you're shooting guns and stuff it's like a war you've seen call of duty yeah you know our listeners definitely know or or even fortnite is the more popular version these days um you just run around but like can you imagine like for us, we were being exposed to like whole new worlds of people, Definitely. like just crazy rant. Like I could play with, I could hop online and play against thirty-two random strangers if I really wanted to, and if I wanted to have my headset on, I could. Or if I couldn't, if I didn't want to, but you'd have these people just like going off and like the whole concept of rage quitting. You know, like if you eventually get so mad playing the game because someone either beat you so much. That you just get mad. You get so frustrated and you're like, you give up on wh- the game. Wh- where are those people out from? Anywhere. Oh, okay. It's online. So you pay for a subscription monthly to, okay. to play on the internet. The internet is basically, that means that anyone else who has a console and ha- who owns that game and who pays for the online subscription, they can also have access to the same virtual lobbies that you have access to. Okay. So it's all throughout the world. So it's like a, like a virtual world. Yeah. And then everybody, you know, goes to that spot and then... Not necessarily. I think you're thinking about it more like a location. Just it's, it's, no, and then it's the a virtual, game. In the, yeah. in the virtual, I mean, because game is a game. They call them uh, massive online multiplayers. That's okay. what the categorization... Mm-hmm. Massive online multiplayer. I think something like that. I'm not really sure. I'm not too much of a video game fanatic. As you can see, I mean, I have a console here in my setup, but I hardly ever use it, you know. Are, 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 is that one still good? or? Yeah, I'm rocking a PlayStation. Obviously, I'm not. Some of y'all might be like, are you rocking a PS5? I don't know. We'll let you guess on whether I have a PS5 or not. So but. what version are now? Is 5 or? Yeah, PS5. Oh, That's okay. the most modern version of okay. PlayStations. And Xboxes are still a thing. Mm. You're over there acting like you're heck old. Come on, man. When was the last time you hopped inside of a Best Buy? Oh, long time ago. Because uh, the first, I remember uh, when the Atari came out. Oh, my goodness. You know, the big <laughs> the big thing with the big... Talking thing. about the 80s, bro? Yeah. I mean, that's that's when I grew up. Uh, kind of like... facts. Yeah. So. Hey, it's funny, though, because right now, everyone wants to go back to the 80s. See? You you you're like you see it's the best era. Nah, like Oh, no, I mean it was different. Like for example, you probably don't watch this show because like yes, clearly on this episode you've been showing our listeners you're very old, clearly, but <laughs> you probably don't watch this show on um on Netflix called Stranger Things, but no. it's about these it's a really popular show in pop culture. It's intense. I'm not even going to explain it. You listeners, if you guys listen to Stranger Things, you guys know what it's about. But it's about these kids and it takes place in the 80s. Mm. So like it's very like it's very popular in pop culture, but it takes place in the 80s. So like a lot of people like are inspired by that vibe. A lot of like music, 
like they're starting to incorporate sounds from the 80s mm, and things like okay. that like specifically the juno 70 synth oh, one of the best things shout out my boy zohar aguilar i don't know if he's listening to this episode or not if you do love you bro but he just recently bought a juno and he's my age you see so like People my age are interested in retro gear or like okay. vintage stuff, especially in the way we dress nowadays. It's like, you know, a lot of like modern streetwear trends are actually trends that were very popular back in the days, you know. So it's interesting. I don't know how you feel about that as a, what are you, a boomer? Or what, what's your generation? I don't even know what you uh, are, man. I, I don't know what generation, but I what I can tell is on uh, the on the 80s, we especially you grew up, you know, like 17, 16, uh, growing in El Salvador, it was totally different. I remember uh, uh, my brother, you know, your uncle, he used to work at the um, uh, those uh, came Nanco machines, you know, for the games. So he used to work in that. And, uh, like an arcade? An arcade, yes. Dang. That's what I was in, arcade. He used to work in there. So I remember... I used Nowadays, to, the only arcade people know is Apple Arcade on their iPads. Well, <laughs> if you go to the movie theaters, I've seen it. You know, oh, Those yeah, uh, arcade rooms, even uh, if you go to Santa Cruz and the different... Yeah. They, they still have those big machines. So your uncle used to work uh, in, in, the, in the arcade. So we used to spend hours, okay, you know they closed the st- they closed the, the the place around seven and we used to be hang around like eleven o'clock Dang. playing with the machine. Nice. Your uncle was I mean he was number one you know this this one uh, game. So that's kind of the way I grew up. That was my first you know exposed to to Pac Man to uh, what was the, the with the with the little car uh, Mario. That's when those guys. I think it was yeah, 80, 82. Maybe I think. Yeah, Mario yeah, Kart 80, 82. Came out in that time. Yeah. I'm not Donkey too sure. Kong. I'm not too sure when used Mario to be Kart Donkey came Kong, out. Pac-Man, um, the Spiders, all, all those kind of games. Now they're sophisticated. Every time I look those games, I say, where are they? Those guys. <laughs> Let me see. Mario Kart OG. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, 80s. That's when they came out. It was the name of a company, Namco. I think it was from, from Japan, something like that. We we used to um, with the coder used to play for almost what thirty minutes. They give you credit and you play the little cards. Pac-Man. But I think Mario Kart did not come out until the Nintendo sixty four came out. So what about Pac Man? Can can you check Pac Man? Yeah, when it came out because I was gonna say yeah, that's Mario what, that's Kart didn't come out until the Super Nintendo sixty four came out, and that wasn't until the nineties. So I don't know what game you were playing, <laughs> playing cart game. No, it was maybe a different cart game. It was game. the arcades, you know. The yeah, I don't know. Pac-Man. Yeah. I don't know when Pac-Man came out either. Let me see. Check Pac-Man. it out. Check it out. Or maybe the that did come out in 1980. Yeah. You see, see 1980. There you go. That was the era of uh, digital <laughs> games. Not really. I mean, those are old games. We're talking about things like Tetris. Oh yes, the ping pong. It was a black you know and what, white. You know what came out in in eighty five? Uh-huh. Super Mario Bros. Super came Mario out. Bros. Not yeah. Mario Kart. Okay. Man, you Super got it all Mario wrong. Bros. Yeah. And of course, the classic Space Invaders. If you've ever played that, I'm sure if you looked at it, you'd see exactly what it is. That came out in 1978. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's very very old things. My my generation, I grew up playing games on my phone on my iPod Touch. So, you know. 
shout out all my guys out there. If any of you guys ever played Flappy Bird, Fruit Ninja, Angry Birds, the that's Angry what I'm Bird. talking about, I, man. I, I, that's my I like OG the Angry stuff. Birds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my kind of stuff right there. That We're talking about mobile gaming, iOS. But yeah, it's crazy how like as a kid... You know, your community that you're involved in right there, it revolved still around the same thing. I feel like kids have been the same forever, you know. You always have those people who want to be the best at everything. In this case, you're telling me your brother was trying to be the best at video games. I wasn't going to say I'm the best at video games. I, I won't lie. I'm not I'm not that good. So unless it's FIFA. If it's okay. FIFA, we're throwing hands. If it's FIFA, uh, uh, we're the scripture we're talking about will not apply when we're playing FIFA because... When it's two people and we're in a room and we're playing FIFA and it's you it versus hot, me, huh? <laughs> if it get if it's you versus me, I'm just saying we're not friends for however long that match mm, might be, man. Wow. I take it seriously, <laughs> or anything. Some of the people who interact with me, or if you've played me at FIFA, you know that that I'm legit. I don't I don't play around. You get you get hostile. You get not like that, but I get down. Like okay. I'm good at the game. Mm. And if I start to lose, then yeah, maybe I'll get frustrated. That's what I'm trying to say. We're not friends while we're playing because I'm there to win. That you know, that's my mindset. I'm there to win, even in, in any other. I've been getting into lately uh, spike ball a lot, a lot of spike ball, especially since I got my when I st when I came to Echo Church, they started they put me on to spike ball, which I don't that? I don't I don't think you've seen it, but no, it's, it's a it. game. No. Okay, it's kind of like a mixture of volleyball. Mm. and Foursquare because it's played with four people primarily. Um, and it's like a big 360 net. And you basically what you're supposed to do is you're trying to score points by, the name suggests it, spike ball. So you're hitting a ball at a net, like a circular net that's placed on the floor. And you and your partner, you guys have three touches in between you, like volleyball. You can yeah, like bounce volleyball, the ball yeah. uh -huh. back in between you, each other. So passing it to your neighbor, they're serving. It's a really, really fun game. But anyways, if you've never heard of it, too bad. But I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you guys might or might not have heard of what spike ball is. It's a really fun game. Same thing, man. I'm extremely competitive when it comes to those things. Let us know if you guys, as as our listeners, what what's your personality style? Are you a competitive person? Are you not a competitive person? What are you? I don't think you're that competitive. I've never seen you really. Not really. Kind of like uh, trying to, you know, not really get so excited. You, you let know? your game talk for you? Yeah, pretty ah, much. This guy. He swears <laughs> he's raw. But no, we're going to be, um, we're continuing the discussion that we've been having for, excuse me, a couple weeks now. It's been good, man. We've been here. We've been doing a couple episodes. Let us know if you guys have been enjoying it. We've been diving through, again, this series of the Bible as our companion, you know. And so I think it's been a big, big, big blessing for me to just really dive in specifically to these texts. Um, aligning specifically, of course, we're trying to pull our value from Matthew chapter 5, diving into the text of Jesus and his writings Just talk, I don't know if you have anything to share on how it's been these past couple episodes, how, you know, we've been talking about some heavy stuff. Yeah. I and did. I feel like it's been very applicable, at least personally to my life. I felt a lot of like, even I was going through and just reading Matthew chapter five the other day. Mm -hmm. And I was just mentioning to you off podcast. It's crazy like to, to read these descriptions and how beautifully, you know, The word of God has really just been coming alive for me these past couple of weeks as we've been choosing to sort of see this book as our companion. It's really been coming alive to me and I've been feeling like it's been more and more real 
And that's been our prayer for our listeners too as well for you guys to start to experience this on a little bit of a deeper level. I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Well, Roberto? Well, I think uh, we are at episode 28. We're on so 28 now. We've been, you know, a while. So for me, it's like, you know, you might say, well, you're a pastor. You, I guess, I don't know how many hours you read the Bible. Right. That's kind of like, you yeah, know, give us first, that perspective. Kind of like, you know, the first thing, kind of like, you <laughs> It's know, your job. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. I mean, you sleep with the Bible, you eat with the Bible. You know, it's 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 sometimes it's, it's you you can have a lot of things you know doing around the day, but you have to be kind of like intentionally, okay, to really you know like we've been talking about that being the Bible as a companion, because you can see a book or you might have it on your phone, but it's it's, it's more personal. Well, every time I get my Bible, I read it for me, personally, what God is trying to tell me or encourage me or, you know, whatever. but one of the things is that sometimes it's easy to read, like, a, you know, always blessings, always good stuff. Mm. But when the Bible starts kind of talking to you to correct you, to exhort you, that's kind of you like, don't like those parts. You don't yeah. like those parts. You you flip those pages. And as a you pastor, you stay away. Yeah. Like oh, that's you're very good at, as a pastor. You know how to navigate the good parts versus the bad parts. You know, like, so yeah. like for example, uh, when you read the book of uh, you know uh, Lamentations, you know it's kind of like lamentation. You say, hmm, it's it's about like you know lamenting. But if you read those kind of books, like, or oh, the Song of Songs, you know, El Cantar de los Cantares. Those kind of like Song it, of Solomon. Yes. Yeah, so those kind of like oh Proverbs, those kind of like you know when you see those those writings, especially and it's good because we start the, our podcast, you know, with talking about different characters like David, uh, Paul. Now we're talking about you know Jesus, you know God. So that's sometimes it, it challenges. But I guess you know it's like it every day. You have to have it in every day as you eat. Well, that's the purpose drink, of, of it being our companion. Yeah, that's it's, what it is. It's not just, I think you kind of started going off on a tangent there, but you got lost. We're talking about the Bible as our companion mm -hmm. here, remember, you know, and for our listeners, it's crazy because, you know, he was, as he, we heard here, he was, you know, you start going into this pattern where as someone like you who's walked, you know, in the gospel for so long, you can sit here for hours probably talking about it and going into rabbit holes and going into different things. But, you know, like how you were mentioning, there's no way for you to reach that point unless you've spent time diving into it. But yeah. the reality is sort of my question is, how is it? Because like the good, like good, right? You know, you could sit here and memorize your Bible, but the Pharisees did a good job at that. Yes, they sat yeah. there and memorized their Bibles all day. But the question here is, how is it that you make your the Bible as your companion a fresh experience, new, especially for someone like you who's been walking in ministry for so long? Maybe it might be encouraging for someone like myself who's barely, not barely starting in ministry, but sort of learning good spiritual practices about that. But I think it's important to always reflect on how to keep that fresh because sometimes, yeah, you know, it's like when you're in a relationship with someone mm -hmm. at first. Yeah, it's cool. It's all roses. It's fireworks. You're developing a companionship with that person. You start to spend more time with them. But then eventually uh, the, pur the purpose of a marriage, uh, sorry, of a relationship is to lead to marriage. And if you're yes. not dating, 
for that purpose, you probably shouldn't be dating, ladies and gentlemen. It, you'll save yourself a lot of problems. If you're, but anyway, that's a talk for another day. But eventually, you realize that you've stepped from a companionship to a friendship to eventually a marriage. It's a companion that's there for you day to day. But let's be real. Sometimes, as you go through life, maybe you might or might not have experienced it. There's this concept where you need to constantly fall in love with the person that you're with yes it's a day-to-day thing that you need to make that commitment to constantly every single day me and my wife we have to remind ourselves the process that we're in what we're going through that's why you wear a ring because it's supposed to represent eternity forever but it's like it's the same thing with the bible maybe sometimes you might you know there's these movies where we see the, you know, the husbands, the relationships, and then the wives start saying, oh, I feel like you don't love me. I feel like you yes. don't look at me anymore. Yes, yes. Sometimes your Bible might start feeling that way, right? But like, how do we really make that constant process of us wanting to fall in love with this companion that is the Bible every single day? It's like a relationship, you know? It, it, it is a relationship because, and I, I like the way you just, just put it because... It is. It's, it's a relationship, and a relationship has to do with love because you have to really, and also you have to have your mindset, your posture, that you are willing to learn. You are willing to receive something, and the moment you sit down. But how do you maintain that willingness? That's more so the question. It's, yeah. it's, it's because you start loving that moment. If we can say that moment, that special moment, when you sit down right. and you know get your Bible or your phone, you have you you love the moment. Hmm. That's kind of like for me the way I put it. If it's gonna be five minutes, ten minutes, I need to love that moment because that's a special moment. What does loving that moment look like for you? Sometimes you know it, it it it's like because it's easy it's easy to go and read the Bible when you're in the middle of problems. Mm. Right? That's so true. You, like, like we're saying, you go and you flick through your most inspiration. Yeah. Like how we've been talking about in this series, the Bible stickers. You go and read the famous yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. So so let's say, you know, maybe today I don't want to read my Bible. Maybe today I don't feel it. I don't feel like that's when you grab your Bible mm. and read something. And probably in that moment, it will not click. But you have that word. And maybe tomorrow or the next day, that word is going to hit you. But now, this sounds all good and fine, right? And you're sitting here and saying, oh, you know, I read my Bible, I read my Bible, which is very, very, you know, that's a practice that takes time to develop. There's, you know, concepts out there. It takes 21 days to build a habit, to build that. But the reality is not everyone is at that step. How do you get to that step? How do you how do you fall in love with that process? It, it, what you just said it clearly. See, you have to remind yourself. You have to really be intentional to keep that relationship. If you if you every day you don't kiss your wife or you don't say I love you, guess what's going to happen? Right, the love will die. You see? So that's why you have to be intentionally with that, with the Bible or with the word. With that moment. Are there some practical tips that you've implemented in your life that have helped you kind of do be more intentional in that relationship in developing your companionship with the Bible? You know, just be honest. You know, I'm going to talk from personal experience. You know, be honest with God. 
you know, say, you know what, God, I have a hard time to read you. You do that? You Like, there's been times where you've Oof. said that? Yeah. Oof. Wow. I've I been, you know. <laughs> That's good for some some no. of us as listeners to hear that. Uh, even a pastor no, you has know, struggled you, with it. You know, yeah. one of the things, that's that's the problem. And, and I was talking the other day with uh, some uh, uh, other guys that sometimes we tend to just, you know, as pastors or as leaders, to get the Bible when you're ready to preach or you are going to teach, that's when you get your Bible. You don't get your Bible. You don't mm. treat the Bible like that. Mm. Because if, you, if you're going to get the Bible because you're going to teach somebody or you're going to preach to somebody, the first person you need to teach, preach, is yourself. Many times people are treating the Bible, this companion, maybe you might identify with this or not if you're single, like that one friend that you have that you hit up and they come and they always are there for you when you need them but then when you they need you you're not there for them yeah that's sometimes i feel like the relationship that like because i've found myself in times where i've been in the what we call in the word mm -hmm. uh, you know in this charismatic context maybe some of y'all might might understand with me or relate with me when i say what it means to be in the word all i mean when i say that is literally reading the bible I've spent lives in my season where I've been invested in reading the Bible, but I'm not going to lie. I've also gone through seasons where yeah, you don't the Bible, read it. You not get, that I don't even want to read just, it. Check this out. More so not that I don't want to read it. I just don't even bother like cracking it open and, you know, just the process of it. Sometimes I don't even want to look at it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you, and this is a real question. Yeah. It's because you feel bad it because it because you're not being behaving good in those seasons 100 percent, and you don't want to really kind of like it's be confronted it's back to that point of companionship it's like if you've been doing something that you know is gonna let someone down do you tell that person <laughs> no you don't tell that hey like let's say this is a, a scenario right i go up to my mom I'm like, hey, mom, you know what? I just want to tell you straight up, like, you have the worst food in the world. Mm -hmm. The Tonight's dinner, man, it was trash. Thank you, though. It was great. Like, you don't do that to people. There's a process in how you deal with people, what we call manners, uh -huh. being kind, right, that you're supposed to have manners with people. I think that sometimes that, that also is um, it's a double-edged sword because sometimes we've been taught in life to be so formal and to be so careful with how we say things, with how we, you know, how we want to filter our thoughts. We've been so accustomed to that. People are really good at that. People are really good at not telling you how they really feel. Mm. Isn't that the truth? It People is. are really good at telling you how they want to feel or, oh, I've been going through this or maybe, oh, everything's good. They tell you maybe that a lot of people have a lot of faith. Because maybe their life isn't so good, but every time you ask them, hey, how are you doing? Their answer is always, I'm doing good. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm fine. You know, but it's like the reality is that I think we need to kind of peel that back as we've yes. talked about in other podcasts to your point that you're saying, be honest with God. Mm -hmm. I think what has helped me in my walk and to be develop more of a companionship with this book right here is to know like how you're saying in those times when I maybe I feel bad because I've been doing something or I'm, this book is going to make me feel a certain type of way I've learned that guess what this book doesn't want to hurt me okay it, it it's not gonna also guess what it's not gonna sit here open up 
and start By pointing itself. fingers at me <laughs> and start being like and flapping its mouth like you know there's progressive yeah. it's not gonna sit here. it's not gonna yeah it's sharp but it's not gonna come and physically start beating me if i open it up and i tell it honestly i've been struggling with this or i've been struggling with that i've learned in obviously i'm you know i haven't been i'm only 21 years old i'm over here sitting like i have a lot of experience but like i've learned that this book the reality is that in this companionship is much different than the companionship that i have with all other people okay this that i have available to me this is a very unique companion it's a companion that is built to be there for me because it was designed to be that mm, way okay. that's kind of something that always helps me that this this is like my best friend that is unconditional because that's what it says literally inside of its pages. It says that what God spoke is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reality is that this is the physical incarnation of God speaking to humanity. So it's like, I don't need to be afraid of what it's going to say about me. I can open it at any time because the reality is it's not trying to judge me. It's trying to help me, you know? And I hope that a lot of our listeners uh, trying to, you know, get that message across because you know i have talked to many many people over the years and the last thing they do you know it's not like i'm pointing fingers but it's kind of like you know they don't really re read their, bi their yeah. bibles especially because of their condition and one of the things you just uh, mentioned said you know maybe you say i don't have like uh, you know i have 25 years knowing the lord maybe you don't have a but sometimes it doesn't matter really right. you know what Say matter that. and what matter is that how long you really know the truth but you also live the truth yeah that's good because that's that's a total different like we were talking about the pharisee they knew the 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 the, the, the torah they knew but they were not living according to god's purpose like you just said this book has a purpose and that's 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 the big difference and that's kind of like even to that topic of that confrontation of what we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. today is even we're, we're going to be reading out of Matthew 5, 38. And, you know, this is a confrontation that, as we've mentioned before, the context of this is it's within the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus's first message after receiving the full impartation of the Holy Spirit. And he's preaching to a group of people that most likely were Jews based on the nature of how he's choosing to address them. It could have been anyone, Jew or Gentile. Jesus came and preached the message to everyone, but he was still physically in Israel. He hadn't, he hadn't traveled anywhere. So the people he was surrounded with were Jews and most likely surrounded by people like that. We're talking about these Pharisees. In other words, you, Jesus was thrown into this, this conflict that existed that was older than him. It was a conflict that, as we've mentioned before, there was a gap between the last book of the Old Testament into the New Testament over a gap of 400 years. So there was practices, cultures, customs that they have developed within Judaism yes. that had developed exactly yeah. Judaic practice, mm -hmm. what was known as the Messianic law. Mm -hmm. And honestly, within that Messianic law, there was a lot of things that just it didn't add up. It, no. it, it, it made no sense. Like there were certain things where, for example, a man, if he really wanted to, could have multiple wives yeah. within Messianic law, which obviously you know today that is not the way that, you know, God designed, you know, 
man and woman to be. There's Divorce is not a good thing. In Messianic law, it states that as long as a man issues a woman divorce papers, he can go and marry. So like there was a lot of things within Messianic law. And let's be real. The, like, the way I like to put this is Messianic law was very messy. There was a lot of things that were kind of weird. And for 400 years, they existed in this context. And so now Jesus is thrusted into this conflict where these people have lived a certain lifestyle. And we skipped a little bit from the last episode where we talked about light and salt. We skipped basically this specific topic that I'm talking about, which is uh, if you go and read Matthew seven, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it's talking about the fulfillment of the law. Yes. Verse 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish mm-hmm. the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, it's crazy, right? Because we've been reading Matthew 5, yeah. and like what we were talking about earlier, many times as Christians, we like to read the parts of the Bible that make us feel good. You are the salt of the earth. Um, blessed are those, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. But even in this sermon, we see that Jesus was so crafty in how he was choosing to approach and deliver the message because the reality is that Jesus came to represent that companion to humanity. He wanted to get us to understand these concepts. And so he was trying to appeal to the people that were constantly going to be in direct opposition to him. In other words, his biggest haters, his the people who didn't like Jesus, he's right here in verse 20 specifically calling them out. He says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law, he's basically acknowledging that they were righteous. He, To a certain extent, he's giving them credit. He's not just bashing them. It's in the same way, like I was mentioning, this book is not here to bash you. It's not here to call you out. It's not here to point a finger at you. But again, the verses are very clear earlier that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And that's really, you know, these next parts that we're going to be talking about in this, Jesus makes a transition in his sermon to start to address the law that that's kind of what he does and specifically the scripture that we're going to be reading today is extremely famous and you might have heard this before um it's honestly in modern culture i don't know if you've heard this or not uh pastor confirm with me have or haven't but you've heard of the golden rule kind of kind of no yeah the golden rule in culture is literally what we're about to read today which mm, is okay. treat others how you wish to be oh, treated okay. yes, that yes, yes. you've heard that yes, yes, saying yes. Mm-hmm. maybe what uh, would it be uh, in spanish is, uh, trata trata a la gente como tú quieres que te traten that's what they call the golden rule it's regardless whether you read scripture or not but today we're going to go and 
break and discover the actual like what inspired the golden rule and the reality is that the the golden rule exists not only in messianic like the the writing of abraham and the writing of moses specifically these uh as we mentioned before the main scriptures that the pharisees were using to base their law like i mentioned messianic is coming from the term of moses who was at the mm -hmm. time writing the law and so in this case, this golden rule was something that was explained in Exodus to the Jews as something that they needed to maintain. But the reality is that honestly, many times in this is a cultural context of the thing, because the golden rule exists not only in Judaism, but it also exists in other faiths as well, like Muslims and different other cultures within the time. It was often preached from a rabbi's perspective as a negative thing mm, okay. because the reality was that they were Jews for the most part were discriminated against. They were often, as you know, we've seen through history, if you go back and, you know, examine history, the Israel, the people of Israel specifically, as we call them, you know, Hebrew people or Jews, they have been one of the most oppressed groups of people. So when they would sit there in the synagogues and they had to instruct this teaching of do unto others how you, it was often preached like in a negative context. Like, you know, they wouldn't preach that message as powerfully as maybe they'd preached, uh, you're, will be blessed or, you know, teachings of multiplication, or even maybe for some rabbis who felt like they really liked that divorce <laughs> law a little bit too much. Then they like to have a lot of wives. Maybe they preached that with a little bit more passion, but this specific context was one that it was a hard pill for the Pharisees to yeah, swallow. It, it, it because remember that the the Hebrews always were oppressed, so the, it, it was like a, you know like a small group and everybody you know they they saw that they were against them. So they were, and it, you can imagine any that's, group. That's why a lot of them they they apply their own interpretation. Correct of the law. That's what Jesus is from saying. Hey, I. I I came to fulfill it because it has a purpose. And in that fulfillment, he really has to confront them. And, yes. and that's kind of like the, the context of what's going on here for he says, but look at what he says, right? We're going to go ahead and read Matthew chapter five, verse 38, the focus of today's episode. Mm -hmm. And it says, you have heard that it was said. So now again, this whole context that mm -hmm. we've been giving, Jesus is about to quote the law. Remember, this is red text. This is straight from the mouth of Jesus. So he's, alluding to what he himself has read in the Pentateuch yes. before. And he's saying, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. That was an instruction that is in the Messianic law. So for them, that right there, what does that sound like? You know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That sounds real good to someone who wants revenge, to a group of people who have yes. been so oppressed. Yes. Yep. You oppressed that was right. me, that was I'm right. going to oppress you. Yes. Remember when we talked about Moses, mm -hmm. the whole concept of when he saw the two Jews fighting and he was, and one of them was fighting against the other to the point where they were bickering. And then the same Jews asked Moses, who are you to judge us? Did you not just kill the Egyptian? He's talking about revenge. They were again trying to get revenge against each other in that moment you see too even in that jewish culture how ingrained in them it was because that was that was their nature yeah that was uh, uh, even that was their mindset correct to re to revenge. retaliate to revenge yes it's a mindset and that's yes. what jesus is saying you have heard it was mm -hmm. said eye for eye 
and tooth for tooth. But now look at the pivot that Jesus brings into the picture. He says, verse 39, huh? but I tell you, mm-hmm. verse 39, do not resist an evil person. Already, I'm assuming the Pharisees were like, they what? were at one point applauding. They were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. eye for eye. But Jesus now they're like, no, Jesus, no, what like, we know. Hey, we approve this guy. We, yeah. It's his first sermon. Yeah. He's preaching some good mm-hmm. stuff. He probably had some good applausos on his first sermon. But, <laughs> but this is where things start to get a little iffy. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, Hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Sheesh, right there already. That, that was his first message, huh? <laughs> you can already tell I that. I don't know how many um, likes he got. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was about to say that he lost a lot of followers that day. Literally, if, I, you I know. hope we don't get a lot of followers. <laughs> That's hilarious because here he's saying literally how is it, you know, he's confronting this religious paradigm that for over 400 years existed, the norm. Someone does something wrong to you, Mm -hmm. you treat them, it's good. A Pharisee would applaud you even... You know, in the in the later on in the accounts of the gospel, we see the accounts of these Pharisees trying to physically stone a woman mm-hmm. for something that didn't even involve them. Yeah, they were so passionate about upholding the law and and you know this standard that they had set. But Jesus here is confronting them, and I think honestly, in this teaching, it, we we can take a moment to reflect on our lives too. How many times do we f- struggle with this? A lot. I mean, I know, I, I know, I for me, if I see the person on the freeway and I'm driving and I see that little Toyota Prius just all of a sudden cut into my lane with no turn signal and they're over there trying to speed and weave their way through traffic, let's be real. I'm not going to try and give them the lane if I see them then coming back in. Here, Jesus is telling me I'm supposed to give them the full lane and let they like, take the mile. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm there sitting, I don't know, I'm sitting in a restaurant or maybe I'm a waiter. Mm-hmm. I work at a restaurant and all of a sudden I was giving the best service in the world to my table. Mm. And this table, all of a sudden I bring out their meal. I brought them by accident. The kitchen made a mistake. I didn't make them. And this lady starts yelling at me and making a big old fit right there. I'm supposed to tell that lady, Excuse me, ma'am. I don't get paid enough to do this. You should not be complaining to me. That'd be my physical reaction. Yep. But you, what would Jesus do in that scenario? He'd be like, oh, you didn't like your food? Oh, man, I'm so sorry that you didn't. Let me go and make you a whole brand new meal. What do you want? Let me write it down for you. You know, how do, you as a pastor, I'm sure you've wrestled with this a little bit. Let's be real. 25 years in ministry, I'm sure there's been some people that haven't necessarily been the kindest to you. Oh no, definitely. I I I will have a lot of you know stories about that. Do you have any stories of maybe in your younger years in ministry where you were more eye for eye and tooth for tooth? Probably, probably kind of like you know when I my first messages that was kind of like you know what what the word said that you know you know you're a sinner and you know you're a fornicator, you're adulterers, and because probably in that moment I was young, maybe you know. And kind of like getting the word and uh, hearing the people, hearing the listeners, you know, say, you know, you have to repent, you, you're going to go to hell and all that. 
And that's kind of like the posture they, the uh, Pharisees uh, and the teachers of the law used to used to have that that posture, that position. But I'm asking for you. I'm not asking about the Pharisees, man. No, no, I'm no, talking no. about for you. Oh, many times, many times I, I experienced that. That you know, even people. Let's say when when you share, sometimes people they will look at you and kind of like, hmm. And you spend hours preparing your sermon. And you don't see that they re- are receiving what you're saying. And you com- you might feel offended. You might feel like, what, what's going on? I'm calling you out, Pastor. You're sounding very holy and you're sounding very spiritual here, man. You're not giving us the real meat. You're not, you're not giving us the true substance, but that's fine. Obviously, like we talked about here, not everyone wants to t- share in the true and the gritty, nitty, ugly bit. I'll be real for a second here. I my personality is very eye for eye and very tooth for tooth. Naturally, my logic is if I see injustice or if I see something going on wrong, for me, if someone were to slap me, mm. my reaction would be slap me again to make sure to confirm that it was you who hit me. But as soon as you hit me two times, guess what? Now that gives me license mm. to go and you know yeah. handle business your in my justice. other words you're gonna get your justice not even justice it's just naturally mm-hmm. me being a combative person that's mm. just i know that i'm not maybe you're over there very holy and you know pastor 25 years you've you're you're no longer as aggressive <laughs> as some of our listeners or as some maybe even myself but let's be real here i'm taking my mask off it's hard to wrestle with this concept i'm, I'm being straight up i don't want to read this i want to close the bible right now it, I want to. I want to throw. I'm gonna be like, nah, man. <laughs> let me keep my eye for eye mindset. But the reality is that if we continue to have this eye for eye mindset, look at what happens. Right? Jesus explains it to us in verse 43. Look at what happens. It says, "You have heard it was said, love your neighbor, neighbor. and hate your enemy." He's he's going a layer deeper here. He's now citing the second example of revenge Mm -hmm. not only did did the law previously teach eye for eye and tooth for tooth it also taught only love your neighbors and you should hate your enemies i like that scripture i'm like i hear hate your enemy man i'm a passionate person i'll hate the enemy all day long you want me to hate something i'll hate it maybe some of us go through life a little bit like that Maybe we've been jagged. Maybe we've gone through some trauma. Maybe we've gone through some things that kind of make you always have your arms crossed, not really be so accepting to people. But when you hear hate your enemy, maybe that's an easy step for you. But the reality is that look at what verse 44 tells us. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Dang. And, and, it's a pivot. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things, you know, if you notice, Jesus is saying, I tell you, I tell you. Hmm. It, it, it was very strong okay. definition. Say, I'm telling you. He's marking a separation yes. saying, I am telling you. Because as we read earlier, he did not come to break the law, but rather to fulfill it. That's a very good note it, that you're it, making. It, it, it's, it's a very... It's a personal decision it's a personal Jesus made. Personal comfort, confrontation too, because That's remember, really cool. remember that there were a lot of people listening to the Sermon of the Mount. There were the okay. disciples, and also there were, uh, you know, as we read, the Pharisees and the teachers. Sure. But he stand right there said, "But I'm telling you, this is the way you should do it." 
And that's kind of like confronting the mindset that they were carrying right. for many, many, many years. And, and again, you know, it's so cool that you're highlighting this fact that Jesus is saying, I tell you, because the reality is that this is at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. No one knew who he was yet. But if you go through, there's even a scripture in the New Testament where it says that if we were to write down mm. the number of yeah. miracles, the wonders that Jesus did, there would not be enough space in the book. We couldn't sit here. So when Jesus is saying, I tell you, it's because the reality is that for 30 years prior to him sitting and receiving and delivering that message, it was a lifestyle that he lived in and operated under. He himself was, a. in other words, if if before he was famous, right? Because eventually we know that Jesus yeah. grew in fame yes. and the Pharisee fame in a bad way. Ultimately, that fame of people it led him to be marked as the king of the Jews on the cross. So he grew in fame and claim. But in the point where what I'm trying to get to here is that Jesus, prior to him being that guy that he was teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, he had lived a life for 30 years to the point where he was a Pharisee. And if you want to label him that way, because it was, he, a, it was a teacher, he was a, a teacher of the law, the same position that those guys were. In other words, you could consider him a Pharisee. Yes. But the reality is that he would not be standing there preaching something that he himself had not mm -hmm. gone through and lived. Mm -hmm. In other words, by him telling you, I tell you, he's saying, hey, guys, hear this. I read what you read. Yes. I, yes. Good, I, good, I, good, good. I, I did what you did, guys. Yes. Mm -hmm. Scripture tells us in Luke chapter 2 that yes. he was found in the synagogues. Jesus yes. is like, okay, I was there, guys. I read what you read, mm -hmm. but here's the difference. I choose to add this second point onto my lifestyle for what? Verse 45 reveals to us for what? He says that you may be children of your father whoa, in heaven. Whoa, he whoa, causes whoa. his son. Read the, Listen, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous in other words jesus is trying to get them to understand this hey guys beautiful god will be god <laughs> for the good people but he's also gonna still be god for the bad people yeah. the difference is do you want to be what do you want to be known by do you want to be known as the unrighteous or do you want to be children of your father in heaven? Jesus was pointing directly to a relationship that when he was baptized in the river Jordan and God literally said, this is my beloved son. He had walked for 30 years prior to him delivering this sermon message in the revelation of sonship. How we've talked about in yes, this season yes. a lot of how the, the reality of this book as our companion is it's drawing us into this relationship of closeness with God. He's drawing us into him. And the reality is here, Jesus was trying to get the people to understand this. Like we were mentioning and breaking apart, he did everything that the law did. But he also added a second step to it, which was what was needed in order to bring us into this revelation of sonship. Had Jesus not lived the life and done the lifestyle and walked the walk that he lived doing these things, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek, 
we don't know what it is in the Bible that could have been that for Jesus. It might, it might happen when he, when he was young, when he was playing with the other kids. Could have. Could have. Or when he says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, I'm sure there might have been moments where that, you know, he's drawing inspiration from what he lived. Yeah. Much like what we're trying to say today is that in life we go through situations where the reality is there is injustice. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, guys, the world is beautiful. No, the no, world no, is no, perfect no, no, no. because there are enemies. There are people who the reality is you're going to have haters. Newsflash, there's always going to be someone in your life. And maybe this might be freeing to someone. I hope this frees you when I tell you this. The reality is you might be doing everything right, but there will always be someone who finds something to say. Yep. Can you? I don't know if you can <laughs> share on that. As a pastor for over 25, I'm sure you got some stories on that. Oh, no. I mean, you're always going to have people that they're not agree with you. <laughs> and that's, that's sometimes, that's, you know, one of the things that you, we have to ask ourselves, we have to identify who is your enemy. You know, because okay. he's talking about you got to love your enemies and also pray for your enemies. For those who persecute you. Those that's persecute verse 44. You. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes it, it goes to, you know, If you identify who is your enemy, guess what? That's when you're really going to be thinking about, oh, Samuel is talking about bad things about me. He's my enemy. He's like that. And that was his, it was confronting those. You, you might be in a meeting at work and you know that maybe you had a rough week and you were slacking a little bit on your work. And then all of a sudden, one of your coworkers in front of your boss is like, oh, yeah. And um, by the way, just some feedback for blank your department let's say mm -hmm. and your co-workers like i just feel like maybe they're not pulling as much slack you might in that moment be like that person's my enemy yes let me defend myself yep. you know or like we were talking about earlier if you're a waiter at a restaurant like things happen it could be as simple as you're walking into a building the person in front of you walks in and they don't even bother to hold the door open for you they just let it slam right in front of your face anybody's i mean most people's natural reaction i know my natural reaction is that frustration is that anger is that uh let me let me do that right because the reality is if in the scripture it tells you to love your neighbor and hate your enemy it's not saying that hate doesn't exist be very clear and intentional that and that's the point you're making it's hate is not i'm not saying hate is a good thing but to a certain extent You need to identify what it is that you're hating. And many times through life, we've given so much power to that word, yes. to that emotion, hatred, anger, that we've misplaced and misguided those emotions and allowed them to ultimately maybe consume our lives. I know that, you know, there's people that deal with things like anger issues, these just You know, I don't know if, you know, maybe in you, our listeners, you know someone that's like, oh, that person's just always really grumpy or that person's just always really, or maybe you are that person. I know for a period in my life when I was going through some stuff, maybe people might have said that about me. Hey, that's Sam. He's, he's super grumpy. Don't even talk to him. Because how many times do we just fall into these patterns where we get into these mindsets of eye for eye and tooth for tooth? And the reality is that when we come to the word, And we're, and we're confronted with it. Look at, look at what verse 46 says. Check this out. Because many times when we get caught in these patterns, Jesus was also trying to get the listeners to hear and catch themselves in their patterns. He says, verse 46, if you love those who love you, 
What reward will you get? <laughs> Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Man, th this is tough right here. <laughs> you know, you know what? One other thing I can really uh, see that that Jesus was, you know, doing this sermon, calling the people not to be normal. Not because it's easy for us to hang around with people that you know we agree. It's the illustration he puts up yes. in that context. You know, for those of you guys who are listening, for him to say a tax collector, for him to say a oh. pagan, he's talking about like again. You might think, man, was Jesus really like this? He was bold. Yeah, he spoke with conviction. He would call evil evil, and he was not. He was not afraid to think call things as black and as white. And in this case, he's trying to get his listeners to be like, look at the people that you guys don't like. The tax collectors who steal from you yes, and yes. the pagans who worship false yep. gods, do you guys want to be like them? Yeah. That's essentially the question that he's asking them to your point of calling them to a lifestyle of being different. Being yeah. different because that, that was his reflection. And, and you know what? The, 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 he, he mentioned the tax collector because for, for the people in that moment, in that area. They could identify with that. The, the tax yeah. collector, it was like a thief. Right. It was somebody that always will take advantage mm. of you. So people will see the tax collector because remember that the tax collector, it came from the Roman Empire. Correct. Right? So they will see the tax collector as a big enemy. And Jesus is telling them, you know, hey, you have to love him. Because the reality is that Jesus is drawing in them into this context, which is that if you don't do the opposite of what they do, you might as well be just them. You're being you're, like them. You're That's as, right. So the reality is it's, it's saying this, hey, you know what? I know that you were done wrong, but the reality is if you then go and do them wrong, what's the difference between you and them? It's funny because Jesus does this really great job of not like, he almost crafts the story and makes you ask yourself that question it's beautiful the way it he is. crafts oh, it oh no. you know I, I love this perspective because again as we've been cross-referencing i'm going to go quickly to luke chapter 6 verse 27 it's the same exact scripture mm -hmm. but look at what how he says this look he says verse uh i'm reading luke chapter 6 verse 32 if you love those who love you what credit is that to you he's now even luke does a cool perspective he's saying hey you want something to benefit you, right? You need, you want some credit. Everyone, how many of you guys like getting new credit cards or, you know, when you know that your balance has been paid on full, you want something for you. Luke is saying, if you love those who love, this is his interpretation yes. of what Jesus said. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Mm -hmm. Look at his language. Even sinners love those who love them, right? That's a really good point. We see that in celebrities. We see that in culture. You know, many times pop culture teaches us that, hey, when you're getting the applause, when you're getting the, the claim, yeah, let me receive that. Let me receive that. But when was the last time that someone who's been receiving all the claim and all the glory then goes and gives someone else the glory? It's, it's very rare to see people like that. Mm. And you know, that's good. That's you good. know that when you see people who are honored, but then they honor others. You look at that person, you're like, man, that person is something special. That that per that person is definitely someone who I'm like, I look up to that person. I, I, I draw back a lot to this 
one individual who I grew up my whole entire life knowing, I won't say his name just because I don't think he'd even care. That speaks to this person. This brother selflessly for many years worked hard to develop his contracting license, put in time himself Uh as a hard worker, laboring for many years, came to this country as an immigrant, Mm -hmm. worked hard, gained his contractor's license, worked for many years to the point where he was then able to develop a company. And now he is owning his company. And I've personally seen this man give job opportunities to people who don't have uh, social security numbers to people who, and he's willing to continue to pay them in cash, Mm. which is a risk to someone who's an entrepreneur. Yeah, it is. Someone who's now raising a family who's like, they're no longer in an illegal status. They've worked hard to be in their position, but they exemplify this so purely to me in my life. And that is that verse 33 says, and if you do good to those who are good, to you what credit is that to you even sinners do that and if you lend to those who ex- from whom you expect repayment what credit is that to you even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full i've seen this man count- countlessly over time and time and time again give more than what he knows he's going to get back. Mm, And I've seen time and time again that this man, to this day, is one of the people that I personally look up to in my day-to-day life as someone who I label as a role model. I'm sure our listeners can reflect on there's people in your lives that through their actions, through modeling this, loving more than perhaps what you receive in love, it's a concept. I, it it they talk about it in the golden rule treat others the way you wish to be treated it's such a simple thing but how many times do we see people just not even living that basic principle and sometimes the word modeling is it, 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 I, I think is is have uh take that word out of context but really jesus was you know challenging us we you have to model this lifestyle because i know i know i kind of like when you were talking i know we, who, who you're talking yeah. about and i have seen him like you said probably in those more in those days you know like n- nobody knew that this gentleman that now he's he's has his company but he got the credit god has blessed him so much because he because applied, of his heart's yes, posture because he applied i have seen it with my with my own eyes i have, I have witnessed right there the modeling style and sometimes maybe it's going to say, well, they, 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 he hired immigrants here. But one day, you and I, you know, especially I was an immigrant. Right. And when somebody gave me the opportunity, you know, because we live by, the, by God's principle. Maybe you weren't an immigrant. But what I'm, the reality. In the legal sense. Right, in a legal sense. In a legal sense, yes. I'm sorry. The reality is that in this case, it, there's a. A big dichotomy. There's a stark contrast. The reality is, is that whether you're listening to this, whether you're in faith or whether you're not in faith, this is a universal concept. Yes, yes. I, I, the, the same way that Jesus was very clear in this moment of drawing good and evil, that's essentially not evil in that way that, you know, sometimes evil sounds like a very, very strong, strong word. But but Jesus is trying to get us as our, as our listeners and tonight in th- this moment as we're reflecting here on the podcast, the question we really need to ask ourselves is that how are we choosing to treat others? Mm. 
Because if we can, that will be the question, pretty much. That's the big question. That's a the personal tr- question that we need to ask ourselves. We need to reflect on yes, that. Yes. It, like how we talked about in the last podcast of taking these self-assessments mm-hmm. and taking these yes, diagnostics. Yes. Use this book as a companion to kind of check what, how you're aligned for a second. You know, Jesus was asking them to realize this: that if you choose to not treat others the way you wish to be treated, you're equally as bad as the people that you hate. It, it, it's like it's it sounds like a paradox, but I think the logic is very very clear. In which what Jesus is saying here is this: if you choose to live a life in which you label yourself as a good person, quote unquote, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then your actions do not align with you being a good person, you're just the same as the same people that you choose to hate. Wow. So the same way that you have license to hate them, they have license to hate to you. To hate you. To hate you back. Many times we go through life wondering, man, why does this happen to me? I'm like, uh, I'm faced with this situation. When was the last time you chose to go out and just spend some time with someone, have a good day, or just, you know, maybe you're sitting there and you're over there over flooded with credit card debt. Because you bought too many shoes, too much Gucci, too much Prada, <laughs> too much Supreme, whatever it might be, Bape, I don't know, hallelujah, speaking to someone there, too many sneakers <laughs> or something. And you're asking yourself, why don't I feel God's provision? Why don't I experience it? When you're, what you're doing is you're treating yourself and you're treating the world in a way that the reality is you don't need to be treated that way. You would not want to be treated that way. You would not just want to go through life experiencing transactional relationships. I don't know if you can identify with that, if you've ever been in these relationships that oftentimes feel so one-sided, where you're there, they're giving, 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 giving it all, and then you turn around and that person is not doing anything for you. It sucks to be in those types of relationships. It sucks to be in those types of lifestyles. That's not what Jesus is calling us to here. He's not saying that when you push, 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 you're not going to get anything. No. He's saying, you know what your reward is? Your reward is that you're living a lifestyle that pleases your heavenly father. And and I think that's when we, a lot of us, we miss that because we expect Things something in return in return yeah. because like a like a relationship sometimes and he's talking about a, a very word that says love that the word love it has to do a lot because sometimes when we, when we love somebody we expect that person to give us love back it's this same logical pattern that you'd think when you're saying you give something you're gonna expect it back it's i for i yes it's you know, this same concept meant Jesus is trying to get us to reflect on our patterns as mm-hmm. humans that many times we think if I put something in, I need to, right? It's that law. It's a universal law. But you, Jesus is challenging you, that. You do it with that intention. That's our intention. In order to, to receive something from some, I need to give him something. Correct. That's your intention from the heart. And Jesus said, hey, it's not going to work that way. Because, you know, either you do it like everybody doing or you do it the right way. Exactly. You either choose to fall in line with the patterns of the tax collectors. Luke chooses to use language that's a lot more specific and aggressive. He says, even sinners do that. 
And, you know, it, it Luke, what is the difference? Luke, as a physician, yeah. as someone who's much more of a logical perspective, he chooses to make that extreme conclusion. You know, Jesus went from from Matthew's perspective because Matthew himself was a tax collector. He, was, yeah. he wasn't going to call himself a sinner. He, you know, that's that same thing. You don't want to say to other people what you don't want to say. Matthew, even right there, is showing that to us. He wrote tax collector as opposed to writing sinner. Whereas from Luke's perspective, he's like, nah, let's call it what it is. It's sin. Jesus, in this same way, He's not going to come at you and judge you. He's not going to come at you and condemn you. That's not the purpose of this book. Because the reality is that if that was his posture, he could not say this. If if Jesus really wanted to judge you, let me tell you something, guys. He would have already done it. Yeah, definitely. If God yeah. wanted to smite you, mm -hmm. it would have happened already. Yeah. The reality is that Jesus came to offer this relationship of sons and daughters pointing to this that the reality is that our reward when we choose to exemplify this lifestyle where we model the golden rule which again you guys might be like man it's so simple and so easy yeah it is simple and so easy but let's be real here for a moment you know let, let's remove our masks it's probably sometimes very hard for us to model this this and it is samuel i mean don't 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 you know don't feel like it, it, it's hard for everybody yeah but i think if we're able to really you know grasp that that what jesus is telling us that the great reward the reward you say it is a big reward right. that is waiting for you you know it's like he said is will be children of the most high his nature his love You get to experience that. And the reality is that in a world filled with so Ooh. much hate, let's be real, guys. Yeah. There's enough hate out there. <laughs> Any of you guys listening right now, go on Instagram, go on social media, start scrolling through for a second. Let's be real. Jesus was also living in a time where that existed. Luke, Matthew, Mark, John, their accounts of this, they were filled with people Like, and even in some of these cases, they say wicked generation, yeah. like how we spoke about in previous podcasts. The reality is that what they were living through back then in Israel, in Galilee, in Samaria, it's not much different than what we live today in San Francisco, San it's Jose, not. in Nashville, Tennessee, in Texas and Florida. We do live in a world where we're constantly, and this is, you know, The, the nature of this series, of this season that we've been talking about is that the reality is that we're thrusted into life. Yes. But when we choose to bring in this companion right here, it reminds us of this. That, that's really what, what this scripture is. It, it beautifully later on as he continues to preach in the Sermon of the Mount, he goes on to share this concept in, in Luke chapter 6 specifically, Luke 637 he starts to talk about do not judge and you will not be judged do not condemn and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven this is the most famously quoted provision if you if you go to a, a provision preacher talking about blessing this is the best blessing you want to receive ready verse 38 <laughs> give yeah. and it will be it given to you, you a good measure, measure pressed down, down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you how many of you guys want to experience a good measure 
pressed down, shaken together, how many and running over. How many of you guys want to experience that kind of lifestyle? A lifestyle where when you give love, you receive love. A lifestyle that when you pour into people, into relationship, you're going out and having coffee with that kid who maybe needs to be hearing of the gospel. Or you're going and you're having lunch or dinner with your friends who maybe they haven't been to church in a while and you just want to hang out with them and do life with them. You're going to start to experience this good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Running over is a sign of overabundance. How many of us want to live in a life that's filled with the abundance of God? I know I want to live that lifestyle, but many times you you quote 38 and you forget to read 37, which that's starts right. off with do not judge. And yeah, when you, wanna, right. you see what I'm saying here? It's a pattern. It, it's It's so simple, but yet many times we make it rocket science. We spend our whole lives running in, in circles, kind of like a dog chasing our tail sometimes. I'm not calling us dogs, but that behavior. It's an example. It's an example, of, yeah. you know. We just, the solution is right there in front of us. Do good. You know, that's kind of basically what Jesus is saying. He was starting off his most, one of his most famous scriptures and sermons ever, I'm sorry, trying to teach us this concept, which is that if we choose to be different, you will receive a benefit, definitely. You'll be good. Yes, yes. There's yes. there's beauty in being it different. Is, don't be like oh, don't no, be it, like everyone oh, else. Totally, totally. Especially when the people around you, you know, uh, your neighbors. Sometimes, you know, if you live in an apartment, well, I mean, we live in an apartment. Yeah. Sometimes the neighbor upstairs is making a lot of noise. You're trying to sleep, or you're trying to, and you start hating your neighbor. Mm. You know, or maybe you know the one next to you always looking at you with bad look and yeah and you look back them and you know that's kind of like that's when i i see that god is challenging it challenged me to be different really and it sometimes even isn't as far as going in a negative sense because the reality is that there's grace even for the tax collectors that is the concept jesus is teaching here that the reality is that your enemies are worthy of receiving the same thing you are worthy of receiving. It, it, it's it's this posture shift. You it, know, you know. One of the things I'm when I read this is like Jesus is trying to. Yes, you will have enemies, right? You know, that's kind of like you know we say, but he's saying love them and pray for them. And the moment that when you start praying for your enemies, sooner or later they're not going to be your enemies, right? You can live a life without enemies. Like we, we, we call enemies, Jesus is giving you the formula. Maybe if you pray for them, you love them, they're not going to be your enemies. Yeah, because the reality is that no one wants enemies. No. So you can live a lifestyle where if you don't perceive the world as your enemy, if you go through life and you choose to, you know what, say, hey, Make this practical today and say, I wake up every single morning and I'm going to live my life being the type of person that I want to encounter. You're going to start encountering people like that. Every It's very simple logic because the reality is that then you're thrusted into this relationship of brothers and sisters, as we've talked about in other podcasts. When you start to do good and live a life where you're treating others the way you wish to be treated... Like here, Jesus is teaching us, the only thing that comes out of that is credit. 
Yes, yes, yes. You want to build up. Everyone wants to get that 800 credit score. Everyone, you know, everyone <laughs> strives so hard in life. They're constantly checking credit karma. They're applying for new credit cards, trying to do everything to get this credit score number balanced. But God is, Jesus is saying that how much would be me so much more effective if we chose to spend the same amount of time investing in that credit, building up our relationship with humans, with people, investing in one another, spreading love, spreading positivity, sowing seeds of love and joy, you'll start to reap those in your life. This Again, you many times might be like, man, this book, this companion, you've held it at a distance for so long. The reality is that this companion wants to be close to you to teach you things. Not only teach you things, but I think also be there with you in those moments where you need these reminders. I think we all need these reminders. You know, I need this reminder. I deal with this on a day-to-day basis. You know, people have different personalities, of course, but how important is it to constantly be reminded of sometimes the simple truths, the simple practices, the simple concepts that many times we take for granted? Yeah, definitely. You know? And and we need the help, definitely, because it's not an easy task, you know, to love people that will, you know, have done bad things to you. It's not easy. And that's why we have the Bible as a companion to help us to really do it the right way. And the reality is that it's here for you. We're here for you. This podcast is here for you. It's we're not meant to do life alone. That's the reality of it. And in this case, you know, Jesus was pointing to community. He's talking about others. Always he's pointing in in a relationship of people. And that's what we are here on Into the Waves as well. We're a community of people filled with, you know, this passion that we've discovered to go deeper into what God has for us to discover, you know, and develop a relationship. You know, as we say here on this season, We've been trying to learn what the Bible is as a companion. I think that even in this approach that you guys, all of our listeners, give yourselves a round of applause and just, you know, pat yourself on the back for taking the time to invest in yourself and invest in getting to know not only yourself better, but also getting to know God better. And, you know, I have no shame in saying that there's beauty in that and in, in investing in a process where you choose to constantly get better and that's what we're inspiring hopefully when you guys listen to this podcast that's what you get out of it if you get anything out of it remember that god loves you that there's a plan for you that no matter what you do through life if there's one thing you can do it's spread love yes share it be love share love and at the end of the day just keep living a life and rocking with it we like to say here stay wavy it's a motto it's a mindset it's keep rocking with when the things get tough and you'll be okay because the more you keep doing that eventually your heavenly father he has your back he'll back you up so like we always say every single week to you guys stay wavy we love you guys and we hope that you guys stay blessed honestly manténgase en la ola and uh, if you want to get a hold of us you know right uh, Instagram at RT Paredes. Absolutely. You already know. He's getting better at plugging himself. You guys know what my Instagram is. If you want to follow me, do. If you don't, that's all good too. If I don't get the extra followers, that's fine because I'm treating others the way I wish to be treated, you know? So, hey, I don't like it when people 
you know, don't follow me back. So if you follow me, I will definitely follow you back, ladies and gentlemen, so at Samuel.Paredes. Is that like a rule that you have to do it in Instagram if somebody follows you? No. Have to follow them? It's not a rule, but you should be a good person and okay. follow people back, you know? Practice what we preach, eh? Hey, okay. that's good. All right. <laughs> we'll catch you guys. Peace. All right.